to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you can turn with me to Colossians chapter 1, we're picking up in verse 19, Colossians 1, 19. Title of our message here this morning is Continue in the Faith. A friend of mine, Ted, I called him up regarding the Israel trip. I wanted to know if he wanted to join us on the Israel trip, and he says, well, not only do I want to join you, but can I get married in Israel? And I says, well, let's find out how to work all that out. So we, we figured out the simplest way to do it was to have, a, you know, have it, uh, a little ceremony here and make it legal. And then that way, when we go out to Israel, it's, you know, that's, it just makes it easier. Legally, it was much easier just to do it that way. And so uh, the real ceremony was actually out there. And when we were praying about where to have it in Israel, where could we have this wedding ceremony, it came to our mind and we thought, Cana of Galilee, where... Jesus performed his first recorded miracle and where, uh, where he turned water into wine there at a wedding feast. There's no greater place to have a wedding, amen? So we were all excited about this and so we worked it all out and as time was going by and we were making preparations for everything, then we started thinking about, well, wouldn't it be awesome for the married couples to renew their vows in Cana? And we thought that would be powerful to do that, to, you know, there where Jesus performed his first miracle there at a wedding feast, Cana of Galilee. And, what it, you know, just think of that, how precious that would be. So we, we worked it out with Robbie, our tour guide, our, our, the travel agency coordinator and all. And so we went back and forth. He says, okay, we've got a church and we'll do it, blah, 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 blah. But when we went out there, not too many people knew this, but the church that we were going to, going to have all this in, it, all of a sudden the doors shut. We weren't able to have it, I guess because we had to be part of their church and they didn't want outsiders to be in their church, something like that. It was just kind of a crazy thing. So now I know all this and the doors are closing and Robbie's going back and forth with me and I'm like, how well, we, we got to make this work? And he says, well, we have a friend that has a storefront. He has a shop. His name's Daniel and he's a believer and he's right there in the area in Cana of Galilee and he's got a store and he would love to do it. Matter of fact, they're going to make you make a cake for you guys, and they're going to have sparkling grape juice for you guys. We're going to have a celebration. So we said, that sounds good. Let's do this. So we get to this place in Cana. We went to the store, and this man, Daniel, was such a beautiful, probably one of the most beautiful men in Christ I've ever met in my life. He just radiated Jesus. I mean, Jesus was coming out of his pores. It was just like, you know, I think I got saved again just by being in his presence. A beautiful man. But we get there and we're all, we had 85 people plus the tour guides and plus the photographer guy, Brian, and everything. So we go in this store and there's, there's like, there's no way this is going to work. I and mean, we could just barely move. I mean, we just packed in this place. So I'm like, I'm like it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And then I feel bad, like I'm insulting the guy. You know, I'm like, but it's not going to work. And they said, well, pastor, we'll do. So we're just, I'm like, let's pray. So we're praying. Well, uh, McCool was one of the uh, tour guides. He knew someone at the Latin church right around the corner. So he says, hey, give me a minute. Let me see what I can do. So he went over there. He asked them if we can use their facility. They said, sure, come on over. And it was probably one of the most beautiful places. This church was beautiful, wasn't it, guys? It was just beautiful. So we're able to listen to this. It was kind of awesome. So we had the renewal of the vows there, there, uh, there in, the, uh, in, in this sanctuary area, this beautiful uh, courtyard, inside the courtyard. And then the single people, uh, Pastor Craig did a study with the single people so they can have a nice Bible study together. We didn't want to torture the, the single people. I just I didn't think that would be, it was bad enough. I mean, you know, so we, it was beautiful, though. But I just want to say, it was a walk of faith. 
And God asks us to, as believers, to walk by faith and we're to continue in the faith. You know, there's going to be things that are going to happen. There's going to be, you know, sometimes, you know, turns in the road. There's going to be veers in the road. And we're like, well, I planned it this way and that's how it's supposed to be. And I prayed about this. And, and sometimes things are going to change. But we must walk by faith and not by sight. We're people of faith and we need to continue in the faith. As believers, as Christians, we don't take a vacation from our Christianity. Do we know that? It's not like, well, I'm a Christian on Sunday and sometimes Tuesday nights if I can make it. I mean, that's not what it's supposed to be. It's an everyday thing for us. It's every day we're believers in Christ. Every day we're people of faith. We're to walk every day by faith and we're to continue in the faith. And that's, I hope, is an encouragement for all of us that are here and as we look at this wonderful text, that's just one of the things we're going to touch on. So if you can stand with me again, I'd like to read these few verses. So again, Colossians chapter 1, verse 19. Paul the Apostle writing, and he writes, For it pleased the Father that in him, in Jesus, all the fullness should dwell. And by him, Jesus, to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you, who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he is reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, blameless, and above reproach in his sight, if indeed you continue in the faith grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Lord, we pray over these verses. We pray over this text. We pray, Lord God, that it would, there would be application for all of us that are here that are believers. We pray for those that are maybe still wondering and being drawn. We pray that faith would come by hearing and hearing by your word today. We pray for all those that are watching live on Facebook Live. We pray for that audience. We thank you for them. We ask that you would touch their lives, God, and that there were, would be a message for everyone, that by your spirit you would move mightily, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated again. Thank you so much. Obviously, Paul the Apostle is writing to this church in, in Colossae, a place in Asia Minor, today it's in Turkey, would be, you know, in the, it's known as Turkey. It's believed that the church is about five years old at this time that Paul writes this letter. After five years of the church in operation, they're having problems with false teachers coming in, false teachers trying to come in and lie to the, the believers that are there. Legalisms trying to creep in the church with the Jewish legalist coming in, the uh, Eastern philosophies trying to creep in, Gnosticisms trying to creep in, mysticism. And, and basically the biggest thing they're trying to do is they're trying to demote or, or bring Jesus down from what 
for who he really is. And Jesus is the head of the church. He should be preeminent. He should be number one. He should be the main focus. And so the false teachers are coming in. And I find whenever there's a powerful work of God, the uh, enemy wants to come in and hurt and destroy and come in and, and create problems and divisions and, and all kinds of crazy things start to happen. And so it's a warning. And so this letter goes out warning people to keep Christ preeminent, to keep Christ at the center, that, that Christ should be at the center of everything we do. And I pray uh, that this church, until we're raptured, and hopefully the rapture of Jesus will come anytime. Can I get an amen for that? <laughs> but I pray that until that time, that it's all about Christ, because he's the head of the church. So that's why Paul's writing this, and so he's, he's bringing correction. And I want to draw, whoops. That's the article I forgot. I don't know if you see it up there, though. But uh, yeah, Chris McDonald did an article about the, the story that I told earlier, the story about the locals doing the... Isn't that great? Chris, he's our local scribe, if you didn't know. He's our resident scribe. He, he writes for us, and it's a blessing to have him. I thank the Lord. I think the local paper, they're probably wondering, who are these people in this church? Why come they're in the news all the time? <laughs> so back to verse 19. So it says, For it pleased the Father... That in him, that's Jesus, all the fullness should dwell. Do you notice it pleased the Father? That in Jesus, all the fullness should dwell. It, it pleased the Father. The Father's pleased that all the fullness of God in all of his power is, is there in his son, Jesus Christ. And, and this is coming against the Gnostic teaching of the day. And just if you're a note taker, that word fullness is play Roma, play Roma. And it means the fullness of God. It, it means, that it's a technical word that it means that if you're a note taker, the total sum of divine power and attributes are in Jesus. And it's a word that the Gnostics were using during that day. This was the word, so Paul's using the same word, but they were using it in saying that, that this power is kind of spread out in different spirits, in different ways, in different spiritual ways. So he's coming against their false teaching and saying, no, no, all the fullness, all the divine power is in one, in Jesus Christ. Coming against the lies. But as we look at this for application, I just want to say we have access to this divine power. Do we know that? The divine power that, that's in God, it's in Jesus, and through Jesus Christ and through the cross, we, we, have, we have access to the power of God, to God's power, and it's, it's available to us. Are we relying on God's power in our own lives? When we share with people, I, I want to encourage you, rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. When talking with your family members that do not know Jesus, rely on the power of God and his Holy Spirit. We have access to the divine power of God. It's, it's available to us as believers. We have access. I believe this past Easter Sunday, last a week ago, it was probably my best, most favorite Easter Sunday I've ever had in my whole entire life. Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen. And it was something took place as I, literally, as I walked out here on this stage and I started thinking about the joy, how Jesus Christ conquered the grave and because of his death, death is dead. Death has no longer power over us. And I just kind of got that celebration thing in my heart, that joy of the Lord. And it just, I was like, it was just like something that just kind of overtook me. And I was just like, Lord, you're just so great. And it, it was like just the taste of the goodness of God taking place. And I was like, this is the greatest celebration. Listen to me, please. Easter Sunday is the greatest celebration day that we should have as Christian believers. Amen. Amen. 
because it's all about him conquering the grave. And we have victory over the, over the grave. And we have victory for all eternity. And we have victory here on earth because we have his power. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus up from the grave lives in us. They even wrote a song about it, didn't they? That divine power lives inside of us as believers. His power. But see, I don't want this to be just Easter Sunday. I'm excited about this great power that we have. I want it to be not only every Sunday, but every day. The fullness dwells in Jesus, and we need to dwell. The Bible tells us in, in, in uh, John chapter 15 that we, we're to abide in him, we're to dwell in him. And if you are lacking joy, if you're lacking, you know, just in, empowerment of the Spirit, just abide in Jesus. He's there. He's available for you. The, the baptism in the Jordan was probably one of my highlights, probably the greatest highlight of the whole Israel trip. The, because we usually do the baptism on the Israel side, but, but literally Jesus was baptized on the Jordan side. There was no boundaries. Jesus was baptized. So we, we were able to have our baptism on the same side. Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. And it was just, wasn't it a powerful thing? And as we were out there in the water, people were coming in one by another and another and another. And, another. and they were coming there and they were all standing there testifying why they're being baptized. And it was just kind of like we, I had an agenda, what we're going to do and how we're going to work this out. And then, and then God says, no, I got a better agenda. <laughs> and he just started touching the people that were up there. and They just started talking about Jesus and why they're getting baptized. And, you know, I'm making a stand for Christ and I want to live for Jesus. And I'm just like, whoa. And, and God's power, his spirit would just showed up in such a powerful way. And it was just like God took over and it was just such a powerful thing. I want to just, I want to even put a couple pictures up because pictures are kind of fun. There's, there's Eric right there who's... <laughs> You know what Eric, Eric told me? He says, Joe, I want to be the first one to get baptized. If that's okay, I want to be the first one to get baptized. So we, Eric was the first one out there. The water got a little dirtier after Eric came out. I don't know. I just, I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was. No, I'm just Joe. Obviously, I'm joking. That's, this is uh, Brian. This was our photographer. He came out, and my understanding was he prayed with someone to receive Jesus while he was out there in Israel. So he prayed to receive the Lord, and then he came out to be baptized. So here's Brian. He was out there to be baptized. That was some mucky water, wasn't it? But it was great. We need to rely on the inward power of Jesus Christ in our lives and watch him work. It was so funny. In Israel, their culture, I, I figured it out pretty quickly. I had jeans on with ripped, you know, my ripped jeans with the, the, you know, kind of trendy ripped jeans, right? And it was so funny because in their culture, you can't be a pastor and have ripped jeans. It just doesn't work, you know? So I would meet different people and they'd say, you're a pastor. And they look and they'd go look right down at my legs like this. They go, they go, pastor. And they look at my face, pastor. And they were like, I mean, one guy was almost like this, you know, it's like, yeah, I, yeah, I'm a pastor. And they're like, but they, they couldn't put the two together because they're looking on the outward appearance. Instead, God looks inside of the heart and he sees what's inside and he wants his fullness to dwell inside of us. The fullness of his spirit. I don't know if you heard just recently the, the famous actor Jim Carrey. I don't know where he's at at all. I heard he's pretty liberal. But listen to this. Last year, September of last year, I'm going to put it up on the... He said, listen to this. I'm quoting Jim Carrey, okay? Believe it or not, I'm quoting Jim Carrey. He says, I think everyone should get rich and listen and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. Jim Carrey. 
So he's saying, I, I think everyone should get rich like me, become famous like I've been famous and do everything they've ever dreamed of. Why? So they can realize that's not the answer. And that's true. That is not the answer because the answer comes in a name and his name is Jesus Christ. That's where the answer is. Let me give you some scripture to go with that. In John chapter one, verse 16, it says, and of his fullness, Jesus, the fullness of Jesus, we have all received. That talks about the believer. Grace upon grace. It says grace for grace, but it literally means grace upon grace. We've all received the fullness of him. We can have the fullness of Jesus inside of us. Colossians 2, when we get into the next chapter, it says Colossians 2.10, and you are complete in him. Who's that? Jesus. We are complete in Jesus who is the head of all principalities and powers. So, so if you are lacking completeness today, may I encourage you, dwell in Jesus because you will be complete in Jesus Christ. So often people think, oh, if I just get this, this job, I'm going to be complete. If I just get this, this, this person, I'm going to be complete. If I just get this thing, I'm going to get complete. If I just have this car or this house or this thing, and then we think we're going to be content with this thing or this relationship. But let me tell you, you are, will only be complete in Jesus. I believe that's the, if I can say this in the most godly way, the success of our marriage. My wife and I, it's because of Jesus. I don't try to find my completeness in my relationship with my wife. She definitely doesn't try to find it in me. <laughs> but we find our completeness, our, our contentment, we find it in a relationship with, with God through Jesus Christ, right? And now we're complete in him. And when we find our completeness in him, and now this, if we have this going, if we have the vertical going, then the horizontal takes care of itself. If we have this vertical thing going, my, my relationship with God, and I'm content in him, I'm complete in him. See, what the enemy wants to tell us, and no, 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 you're going to be complete if you just have this. And what happens is we get our eyes off our relationship with God, and we're like, well, God, I have this. Oh, I need this. And then you get this and you get that and you're like, okay, that didn't work. Okay, and then God help me. I'm just not complete. I need you. And then all of a sudden, you know, you find yourself dwelling in him and everything's getting better. And then the enemy or your flesh or whatever takes place comes in and you're like, no, no, you need this now. Let me tell you, no, you don't. I mean, all these things are a blessing. My relationship with my wife, it's a blessing. The, the relationship I have with people is a blessing. Why? Because first, this relationship has to be Right? Can I tell you this? If this relationship is not right, so if my relationship's wrong here, guess what? My relationship all this way is going to be terrible. It's just how it works in the kingdom of God. We'll actually be looking at this next week. It says, to, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the mystery. That's it's in, it, with us as Gentiles that we have Christ in us. We have the hope of glory. Christ living in us. That play Roma, the fullness of God. Next verse in our text, verse 20. That it says, by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, by Jesus, whether things on earth or things in heaven, 
having made peace through the blood of his cross. He's going to reconcile all things. And some people use this as a universal thing that everybody's going to be saved and kumbaya. And sorry, somebody doesn't like when I say that kumbaya all the time. But uh, we're all going to be, everything's going to be one and all this stuff. And it, it doesn't mean that. It, we will all be reconciled, everything in heaven and earth, because there's going to be a new heaven. There's going to be a new earth. The devil, the false prophet, the antichrist, they're all going to go into the lake of fire and then all things will be reconciled in heaven and earth. There's going to be a new heaven and new earth and everything will be reconciled to Jesus. Having made peace through the blood of his cross and you, now it gets personal, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he is reconciled. Did you notice having made peace through the cross, the blood of his cross, because of the cross, we have peace with God? Have you ever pondered that? I have peace with God. You have peace with God. Without reconciliation, without the cross, we were en- enemies of God. We were sinners. We were at war with God. That's what the Bible teaches. We were his enemy. But when we go to the cross of Jesus, it, he brings reconciliation and he brings peace. There's no anger. The, the picture is, you know, we, we're God's friends. We're not, no longer an enemy. We're, we have peace with God. We're friends with God. And, and so if, you, if you're a believer here today and you think, well, God's mad at me. God's angry at me. God's upset at me. Well, you just need to go to the cross. And once you go to the cross, you realize, wait a second, God loves you. And there's peace between us and God. It's, it's peace. If we can, you know, even see visually, it's just peace. Some people think, you know, God here, I'm here. Oh, he's mad. He's angry. Or some people even look at their, their earthly father and they think, well, my dad was a drunk. He was a mean person. He was all, and they just kind of see that as that that's our heavenly father. He's mad. He's upset. And I better watch my P's and Q's. No, no, no. Yeah, we, we, we're to walk circumspectly. But the thing is, is there's peace between us and God because of the cross. When we go to the cross, there's peace in the presence of God. He calls us his friend. And do you know God that way? Do you know God in that personal way? God wants us to know him in that way, to be his friend, to, to love him and to have a relationship with him. You know, religion is all this binding rules. You must do this, you can't do this, and it's just legalism and this and that. You, and you, 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 if you meet people in those churches, they're like just rigid. I don't drink, I don't smoke. Well, you ain't, you, you ain't having no joy either. I mean, come on. The joy of the Lord is our strength. God wants us to have friendship with him, a loving relationship with him. And then he gives us great strength from his presence. There's fullness of joy, not legalism. We have peace with God. Coming back from Israel, I just, I've got Israel on my mind. You know, it's just, in one of the most peaceful places, I, I believe in all the world, is the Sea of Galilee. It's just a, and I brought pictures. There's the Sea of Galilee. You just kind of get a feel. There's a fishing boat. We were on the Sea of Galilee. There's a, picture of, uh, this is Patrick Brendan went with us. He's the, he, he works for the city. He's a, a councilman for the city. That's his wife, Anto, friends of ours. They went on this trip. We're on the Sea of Galilee. But I, I, I wanted to do this more than anything. I, I recorded with my phone a little clip of the Sea of Galilee. And I have to tell you, usually it's my, my most favorite site. Year after year, it's my fifth time going to Israel. And year after year, it's been my most favorite site. And this year, it was the baptism uh, in Jordan. And uh, but it was so interesting. If you were there, you remember uh, 
the, the guys that handle the boats and all, they came up to me and I guess we were running late. So they said, hey, you know, you, you know, we don't have a lot of time and that. And I said, okay, well, I've got my message. I said, okay. So I'm up there doing the message. Like at the beginning, towards the middle of the message, they started turning the boat on. And they started moving a little bit. And, it, and I, you know, the fumes of the boat were coming and I'm thinking, no, this isn't going to happen. And then it's just, it is like distracting the message. And I'm like, no. And I, so I looked at Robbie, you know, the, the guy that set this up and I was upset. I said, Robbie, and I looked at I'm like, tell him to shut this down, you know, shut the engine down. You know, we're trying to learn of the word of God, you know. So he's looking, they're looking at them. They're not listening to him or anything. So literally, and this is, this is not to my benefit. I had the mic in my hand. I looked at the captain of the boat. I put my, my mic down and I went like this, like either you shut this engine off or we're not doing anything, you know. So, so they, they shut the engine off, right? And I don't know if you ever had this happen, but there was just this conviction of the Holy Spirit was all over me. And it was like, Joe, you're in the flesh. You see, when we're in the flesh and when we're, when we're, you know, dominating our own life, there's not peace with God. But when we go to the cross, there's peace with God. You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.